Thanks for joining the Money Happy Hour, where we make every hour a happy hour for your money. I'm your host, Tom, the Savings Captain. And of course, I'm joined by my producer, Radish, the hardest working dog in podcasting. But today, we are going to have a great conversation with my friend, Andy, all the way over coming to us from Ireland. He is an expert on working with young people. But before we talk with Andy, I just want to say welcome. If you're new to the Money Happy Hour, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. We really appreciate you listening to every episode. And while you're listening, can you take two seconds? Hit the subscribe button and please leave a five-star review. We greatly appreciate it. Well, our special guest today is Andy Martin from Ireland. Andy is a professional who's 34 years old. He is a Christian, a devoted husband, a devoted dad, 34 years old, and day in and day out, he actually works with young people and has just great perspective on what it takes to raise young people during these challenging times. Financially, he sees the impacts of the financial impacts of raising people, but also just the everyday instances, the challenges and struggles and opportunities that young people have in front of them. So my friend, Andy, how are you doing today? I'm good, Tom. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, is it a, it's absolutely a pleasure. It's absolutely a pleasure to have you here. So, Andy, you know, it's, I read your content daily on x i i um view your blog every blog that you put out every week or so it's just great content and i'm beyond the stage right now where i'm not actually raising a child i'm a dad of a 22 year old but like when i read your stuff it's like this is it man if my daughter was you know eight again 12 these are the exact things i'd be doing so just a feather in your cap for the great content you put out there and a reference point for the audience out there. If you do have children um, or know people that have children and, you know, it's a challenging time to raise a child. Andy's content is top notch. So welcome. I'm so excited to have you here again. I really appreciate that, Tom. Thank you. That's really kind. So I'm over here in the U.S., obviously. You're over in Ireland, one of my ancestral homelands, beautiful country. But when I read your content, it, it seems like the challenges, regardless of where you're from, regardless of what language you speak, what accent of English you have, the problems are about the same. What are the two or three maybe big challenges you see that uh, preteens or, or teens are facing day in and day out? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, at the minute, um, I'm currently working within sexual health with young people. Um, so I've seen a lot of young people who, are, who face, face consequences to actions and maybe decisions, poor decision making um, that they've made, um, maybe got involved with, um, not fully understanding the actions, um, uh, how to put it, that they've, they've acted without really thinking through a situation. So I would see... Um, a lot of unplanned pregnancy, a lot of mental health issues, drugs and alcohol issues, 
Um, a lot mm-hmm. of people, young people, um, in that vicious cycle and not being able to get um to get out, would see that um, on a regular basis in my day job. Um, yeah, um, that would be the the bulk of it, if I'm totally honest. Those are some big, what I would say, big and serious issues, especially for people that are in that formative stage in their teens. I mean, they're virtually still a child, but those problems could really shape their adulthood, can't they? Yeah, exactly. And I guess that that's what I want to work towards at the minute is I spent this last 15 years working directly with young people and communicating with them to be able to help the individual navigate the space. Um, but with For Our Young and the platform that um, you can see visibly on X is to um, be able to educate parents and youth workers and coaches um, because they would spend a heck of a lot more time with the individuals than what I would. Um, I see a young person maybe once, twice a week where parents, mm-hmm. youth workers and coaches have um, daily involvement with these young people. Um, so my, my, my aim and my, my goal is to be able to help um, the, these guys help the young people um, navigate and steer them away from um, any of these problems and issues um, that do arise. So it's all about imp- empowering young people to make um, good cho- good and healthy choices um, mm-hmm. to, to set them up for the future. So, um, yeah, um, it's an interesting landscape, I can tell you that. Yeah, I, I, I'm certainly sure. Have, have you, you know, these serious issues that you see young people facing with either addiction, um, sexual health, things of that nature? Yep. Have you been able to, like, what's the root cause? I mean, where does it, you know, a person I, I don't think at 16 just ends up wanting to be an addicted to something. Like, where does it, where does it start? That, that's, that's a really good question. I guess that's something that we're still trying to figure out. Um, mm-hmm. I guess um, culture has a massive um, say on that. Um, what young people um, consume in social media, um, they have their phones in their hands 90% of the, Ninety percent of the day, I'm sure. If you looked at the average screen time, you're you're talking probably eight, nine, ten hours daily. Um, I would say uh, um, how they're influenced and what they're consuming online probably has a a, a huge impact on that. Um, yeah. Uh, possibly parenting also, but um, that's probably a conversation for another day. I had a feeling you were going to say that. So in Ireland, is it the same as what the U.S. TikTok culture, what they yeah. see in 30-second videos influences them? Big time. Absolutely. You could walk down um, any of the hallways in any of the colleges um, in the north here. You'll see um, young people either doing dances or pulling pranks that they've seen on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, it definitely has such a shaping influence. I always joke, I'm glad that I grew up. Uh, my childhood was spent pre-social media because I can see uh, yeah. it, it really would have uh, neglected some real world experiences that I had just looking at a screen all the time. Absolutely. And I, I say this to so many people, I would hate to be 16 again. I would hate to have to deal with an experience with those guys are growing up in because um, it's, it's, um, it's crazy, to be honest, um, actually looking at it. So speaking about that, I'm 55, you're 34, right? Yep. So a lot of these people that you're working with, when they're in the teens, you're, you're, 
you're pretty close to them in age. Does um, how do you use that advantage to to be relatable to them? To be honest, it's trying to find the things that they're interested in um, to be able to hold conversation. And one of the big things that I'm passionate about is being able to have conversation everywhere you go. Um, so being able to hold a conversation with um, somebody in their early teens right through into their um, adult and later life um, and absorbing some of that culture and understanding what they're exposed to. Um, I think that's probably the big thing about uh, relevancy um, and uh, really understanding what they actually are going through and to be able to hold a conversation. If you can't have a young a conversation with a young person on a level that, they're, um, that they appreciate, it's very, very hard to win them, win them over, and bring them on, um, on side. Um, yeah. Do you do you do that when you say culturally? Do you do that through things like certain activities, commonalities, either music, sports? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So being up to speed with what's going on um, in the music scene, but um, my passion is sport and has been sport growing up um, from a. Um, competitive standpoint and through to to coaching also and so i would know and be aware of um a lot of the young people i'm working with maybe older brothers or maybe even parents in in some in some cases um which is which is pretty cool because you can um relate on a different level because you've got a common interest um or maybe you're working or coaching outside of a working environment um, and they can see that you're um, passionate about other things other than just um, the health um, health and well-being related stuff too um, which is cool yeah Andy that that's a good question um, that I had for you you work a lot with uh, I know you coach young people what is it that you coach yeah so I'm um, I'm currently the assistant manager um, at Northern Ireland Volleyball um, so I've been coaching and playing since I was, um, maybe 16 um, 17 so i'm preparing a team to currently go and uh, compete at the european championships the small nations um in Liechtenstein in june um responsible for under 18s under 20s um, and the senior um men's uh-huh. volleyball squads which is um, a lot of work um but something i'm really passionate about too and again like um overlapping on what you've just talked about about being relevant and being able to speak to young people on a on a on a level playing field and and a field that they're also invested in um, and interested in um, is pretty cool so you coach people in an activity volleyball Mm -hmm. that are teens i was just wondering do you see any connection there so you have one audience of young people that you work with coaching in volleyball and then other audiences that you're helping through sexual health and ministry that you do at the church do you see, like, if a, if a teen is actually involved in something competitive versus maybe not, do you, do you see there's a different incidence of yeah. maybe drug addiction or not? What, what, would, what would you say? Yeah, I, I guess you've hit the nail on the head. Um, a lot of those young people that we work with that maybe do have addiction or are maybe um, going through um, uh, alcohol issues or drug issues or severe mental health problems maybe don't have an out don't have an outlet or um something that they can invest their time into um whereas a lot i, I mean we still do see it within um, the competitive standpoint we just still do have um, issues arise but not to the same level um as what we do on a uh, on a regular basis within the clinic setting um but yes i think you're you're absolutely right a lot of young people that are coming through 
maybe don't have an outlet or don't have um, something to focus their time and their energy in um, on a weekly or monthly basis. Um, you're absolutely correct. Yeah, there is a definite correlation for sure. Yeah, thanks. It's interesting that you observe that as well. So, you know, you're on the money happy hour. You know, I'm going to ask you a question like this, a little bit about money. So I'm going to ask you this question, Andy. When you work with um, when you work with youth, young people that are maybe coming from that a bit of brokenness, addictions, stuff like that, um, are there any observations you have of their um, financial upbringing or financial situation? Do you see any uh, any connection there? Sadly, yes. Um, I would say on uh, a, the majority of the time we would also be working with a lot of these young people to be applying for um, hardship funds. So a lot of the colleges, the, um, our clinic set, clinical setting are, are based within, um, I don't know what you would call them in, in the States, but they're um, like further education colleges, um, like a polytech. Did you have a polytech? Um, yeah. Yeah. A great, probably a grade below university so helping these guys um apply for hardship funds um they've maybe been kicked out of home and they're maybe looked after or um in shared living and um, so maybe not even be able to get the bus and um, the school in the morning um or to, into college um so yeah there would be absolutely um which is sad to say a lot of um the young people that we're dealing with on that side of the house yeah um would have uh, difficulties with money. Also, where the college is located here in Northern Ireland is from a um, a, a low socioeconomic status as well. So um, that's normal. That's a, a natural thing and what we would be doing um, quite regularly with these young people, yeah. So these young people, are they coming from um, homes where maybe where there's some financial struggle? Is that Absolutely. what I'm saying? Absolutely, yeah. One hundred percent, we would know that. Um, a lot of young people, we have a, um, a, a there's a fund here in the uh, in Northern Ireland called EMA. I can't even remember what that um, the acronym stands for, but they would um, get access to thirty points a week to be able to get them through the week. Um, all they have to do is be able to get to school, um, sign in and attend school, and they would be paid to go. Um, and here that I think um, has been really, really useful to try and keep young people in education to be able to give them a future um, and give them an opportunity to be successful and jump out of that um, that revolving door that a lot of those young people are stuck in. Um, and that again, rolling in, I don't know whether you want to um, touch on this, but um, we would see young people who are struggling, who are maybe um, are drug users or have come into college um, under the influence. And unfortunately, college um, policy um, a lot of the times is expulsion um, and if somebody's coming from a, a background like that we would see a lot of young people um, that was probably their last opportunity in education um, so we want to try and step in and try and make um, give them a crutch or give them a hand out of those problems um, by again like I'd said before previously about applying for hardship funds or looking for opportunities for additional support um, and help to um, move them away from um, potential danger or crisis, um, money related, um, or drugs and alcohol related. Yeah, well, it sounds you know, you're talking about Ireland. 
Um, you could be talking about the United States as well, and I suspect a lot of developed countries. Um, you know, one person, it just gets passed by generation. I hear, I see this so often. There's financial struggle. They get raised and they get down the wrong street. Yeah. They take one of life's mean streets. And before you know it, I like how you use that. It's the last chance. And then they're out yep. on um, a road that they don't really want to travel. Yeah. That's so sad to hear. Yeah. I, I, no, Ireland in itself, Northern Ireland, um, is a strange place. Uh, it often hits the news lines globally for all of the wrong reasons. Um, I'm sure you're probably aware of um, a lot of the conflict um, and things that has happened here over the years, but we would still see families who are struggling um, and families who are still connected or involved in um, things that they maybe shouldn't be. Um, and we still would see that crop up quite a bit. Um, probably not so dissimilar to your gang culture or um, of that nature in the States either. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think that's a good comparison between Northern Ireland and, and you know, places that just dot the United States. It's the, you know, different place, probably same story, yeah. same struggles, the same level of whether it's injustice or inequity yeah. across so, lines. And it just, it just perpetuates. Yeah. And it's, it's so sad. It's so sad. So it's, it's just, we, we need to be there to be that opportunity to keep them in that last chance of education to, to give people an opportunity to, to step out of it. Yeah. You know, this is a true discussion. I hate to bring something sometimes so sad up on the money happy hour. Yeah, we're violating the title, but it's at times I think it's um, it is. Although it's sad, it's something to talk about. And I think I think there's a lining of hope, and we're going to talk about be a little bit more hopeful in a couple of minutes because yeah. you're doing some great work around the hope. But I did have one other question I wanted to ask you before we moved on, and it was in the United States right now, young people. You know, when I look at the headlines, it's always dotted with, you know, it's almost fill in the blank. Gen Z is, you know, the least likely. Gen Z won't own a home. Gen Z, you know, fill in the blank. And it's usually the stem of what it is, is something negative. What is the, what is the generational sentiment you see right now, maybe for people that are 25 years and under? Is there hope in Ireland or is it? Um, is it more subdued than maybe a, a generation or two ago? That's a really good question. I would be really hopeful um, for the generation below. I feel like here in, in Ireland, there's a lot of young people searching and a lot, a lot of people that are really looking for help and support that maybe just don't know where they're looking. Um, I don't know if that's the same for you guys, but I, I do genuinely believe that um, our young people want more. Our young people want... Um, to ask questions, our young people want to succeed, our young people want to be um, hey, in that top 1%. Um, I don't know if that if that goes back to TikTok culture or what or YouTube or what that is, but I, I genuinely do believe that, um, that there is a lot, an awful lot of hope um, and a lot of young people that do want to work hard and a lot of young people that just want somebody to um, believe in them. Um, and I think that's all it takes. Um, and you'll see a young person flourish and a young person um, develop into something really, really cool. Um, they just need that one opportunity or that one person to have that conversation or that one person to say, here, I believe in you. Here's an opportunity. 
Um, mm-hmm. I just wish that we were, there would be more of us um, who are slightly older than them and that could provide that opportunity for them. Um, I hope that answers your question, but I have, I have a lot of hope. And I think it, a lot a lot of young people do have hope. It does. You know, it really does. That's good to hear because, you know, now we're starting to get to the more of the happier discussion on the Money Happy Hour. Mm-hmm. I see yeah. a lot of, you know, the negative headlines and sentiment out there. And then the people I interact with on X that are young, Gen Z and guests that we've had on here, I mean, they certainly demonstrate there is a path for hope. There is a path for, um, you, you know, you can live the dream and own a home and, and build wealth. So that's good to hear. There is, um, you know, there's some hope up there. What is investing like in Ireland? I know you, um, are active on X a bit and interact with some financial people like myself. How would you, what are some of the bigger differences that you see when you're on X people, you know, in Ireland and how they invest and then maybe, in the U.S., like the content, the conversation we have around investing, what what's the same or what's different to you? Well, to me, it feels like America and you guys living in the U.S. are a million miles ahead of us. Um, I'll be totally honest. I've come from a conservative family that didn't talk about anything. Everything is private. You don't talk about anything. That that includes money. And I talk, mm-hmm. that includes all of the topics that, that I work in. Um, so for me, uh, um, investing has been self-taught. It's been something that I'm somebody that needs information and wants information and wants to see how all the cogs work, um, and what that actually looks like. So for me, X has been fantastic place to go and, um, uh, to learn, um, to see what the trends are, um, and to see what other people are doing and what other people are interested in. Now, I don't stray too far away from ETFs. Um, I have a couple of um, individual holdings, but nothing nothing huge um, or nothing um, that I'd really be taking much risk with. But um, we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it here. It's not something that's open. Um, we're very, um, what's the word, um, protected or something. It feels very very different whereas um from what i can see online and obviously people share a lot more online um the detail the level of um uh, knowledge and information that is out there um, is incredible from a lot of the 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 creators from um from america which is fantastic yeah yeah there is you know I, i i can imagine that when you look at x there is a lot of forwardness when people specifically talk about what they own how much of it the dividends yeah. will get paid and, and such uh, that that's probably yeah. a big difference which you see yeah exactly yeah well it's i know been, you're I, very... I, sorry oh, no go ahead andy um it's not even something that has been a long-term approach or, or something that i've been in um any length of time i started when i was 21 um i guess that's we're, we're still 14 13, 14 years down the road. But I feel like even at that, I was kind of late. Um, and like most people, most young people, it started with crypto um, because people are more willing to talk about crypto than they are to talk about um, anything else. Um, and thankfully moved very quickly away from from that <laughs> into ETFs um, and into um, probably more reliable, reliable sources. Well, that's interesting. So you, 
you kind of cracked the code. What was that moment that said it was not talked about, but what was the moment that said, although it might not be talked about, I'm going to figure this thing out. Do you remember what, what that, uh, uh, what that catalyst was for me starting? Do you mean, um, I heard about, uh, dividends and the potential to replace income with, um, or even have passive income with dividends. Um, and I thought, Oh, I have been missing out and I need to go and do research and I need to get involved if I'm totally honest. Um, and it has been a minefield ever since. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's one particular young person in your life that I know is extremely important to you. You've got a two and a half year old. I do, yeah. Is he keeping you busy? He is crazy. He is a hundred mile an hour from the second that boy wakes up until the second that boy closes his eyes. He is mad, but he's the best thing to ever happen to us. Yeah. That's great. I love all the content you share around that that journey and the joy of having your son yeah. I, he i imagine he's too young to specifically teach about money <laughs> at the age of a two and a half year old but yeah. fast forward a few years what, what are you thinking about what are you thinking about there as far as maybe having these conversations about money with your son yeah to me that's it's so important um and i guess we've had this conversation through the week um this is something that I feel really strongly about. I want to give him the opportunity that maybe I didn't have um, growing up um, to be able to show him the importance of saving for the long term, having money that you can spend um, in the short term um, and potentially how um, interest works. Um, I would love to be able to um, put a pathway or a mechanism in place that um, he understands that and grasps that. Um, I don't know how I'm going to navigate that, but. Um, it's a really, it's a, it's a, a thing. Um, I need to do a lot more research in, and it's something that I would love to be able to share yeah. with, um, with the community that I'm working with, and the parents that I'm working with, and the, um, the young people that I am working with, because I would guess that, or I'm telling you that it's not um, something that I would be massively, um, au fait with or um, up to speed with. But, um, would you have any suggestions? Yeah, that's. That's interesting. So it sounds like it sounds like you're not going to be private about money with your son, or at least the topic. You're at least going to have these formative discussions. Absolutely. Maybe yeah. a little bit more than you have. Yeah. I have nothing. I had absolutely nothing. So something is better than nothing when it comes to to our our home. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So Andy, we're gonna have you play expert for a couple of minutes here. Um, audience so just to let you know earlier in the week in preparation for this conversation we posted something on x and we asked um, listeners and we asked followers just throw some good ideas out there we asked a simple question name some effective ways to teach children about money so we thought it would be good we've got uh, andy who's an expert working with children at all different stages some of your great ideas and uh and I'm just going to go ahead and read a few of those out. Andy and I are going to talk about them for a minute. Are you ready to go, Andy? I'm ready. All right. Well, the first, the first one came in. This is a really good story from my friend, the everyday dad on X. He says um, his parents had him do basic chores 
and would pay by the hour beyond that. But this was the interesting part. He said his dad also helped him buy a lawnmower to mow lawns and went door to door. It was an incredible lesson. And I guess going door to door, trying to get people willing to have him cut his cut their lawn. It was an incredible lesson in rejection and success. What do you think about that idea? I, I love it. Um, I, I think as well, it, it uh, encourages that business mindset because that, that's what life looks like, um, rejection and success. Um, and to teach those lessons early on is fantastic. And then whenever there's money involved, I think it puts a wee bit more weight um, in behind it. Um, I love that. I really do love that. And paying by the hour, you know, there's a consistency there. Um, I think yeah. that's something that I would like to try in the future. It's a really, really cool, really cool idea. Um, you know what jumped out to me when he says, my dad helped me buy a lawnmower. I'm kind of envisioning, hey, the mower costs 200 bucks. Here, son, I'll give you 100. You pony yeah. up the other 100. I'm, I'm maybe reading into it too much, but I like that approach because then the young person has a hand out, but it's really Absolutely. a hand up, right? They got skin of the game. They're putting their own money into it. Absolutely. And it teaches that saving and that... Um, and putting money towards something that's going to get reap me more reward. I, I really love. I really love that. Um, and those are basic skills. Those are really, really basic things that I think every young person growing up um, should be exposed to. I think that's really, really cool. It's awesome. Really cool. Um, I like this. This comes in from my friend Dividend Income Broadcaster, and he's a great listener. Talk with him on X. He had a good idea. He gave an example. He has two. He had two. He has two children. When he was, when they were children, he bought. Um, he had each of them select the stock they wanted to invest in. So, one child chose Microsoft. The other chose EA Electronic Arts, like the uh, video game maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a neat approach. Yeah, I I could believe this when I came in because this is something that I never actually would have thought about. Um, or thought off. Obviously, you, you guys are immersed immersed in this, but um, I like that competitiveness where you've got both um, both kids in, invested in watching what their what their picks are doing and what their stocks are doing. I think that's that's really really cool. Um, it would have worked for me. I know that growing up, that approach would have worked for me. That would have had me yeah. hooked hooked from the start. Um, if I had been given that route. Um, Really, really interesting. Well, what do you think about this one? This one came in from LBP, and they wrote, this was an interesting one. They take the candy, M&Ms, and they say they count and put them in a plastic bag. They tell the child that they could eat the M&Ms, or for every day they don't eat one, they get one added in interest. Um, if they eat one um, it sounds like if they eat one they're not earning interest that day but if they abstain they're earning interest I'd be interested in your thoughts on that approach working with kids I can say that this is one that I'm going this is one I'm going to steal Um, I love this tactic and I think um, this starts um, well before um, money's even mentioned um, and that real understanding of what's actually happening um, before the, the dollar signs or pound signs are, are added in. And it, it branches over into many aspects 
um, of life as well. Um, really, really cool. Yeah, that, you know, it seems like the instantaneous culture that we have these days, this gives a little bit of temperance to it. Uh, and that's know, the thing the, with, with young people at the minute, everybody wants things now. Like we, we live in a world where um, you've got DoorDash and Just Eat, where you get on, in the palm of your hand, you can go and get something that you want delivered to your door right now. And that, that idea and that concept um, for um, a child growing up um, is great. Um, I think it teaches that patience um, that's maybe lacking or missing at the minute. Um, I, I, I love it. And yeah. I will def- I'll definitely be doing this with my, my, my little boy. Awesome. Let's take a look at one more. Maybe we've got time for one more. Um, let's take here's a good one. Here is a good one. This is interesting. Um, this is from Frank Rundas. He said, when my, when my kids were young, he went to Staples. That's an office supply store here in the U.S. Um, he bought them a, a real, not a toy cash register, a real cash register. Wow. So like a cash register a merchant would use. This, guy, this is some serious commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said they'd make things. And we'd have a store day where their mom and I would buy stuff. They'd ring up the purchases, give us change, and keep track of their cost of goods sold and the profit and loss. He said two of his kids have graduated high school, and they won't let me get rid of the cash register because they have such fond memories of it. That was a very interesting story. What do you think about what I'm hearing there, Andy, is go get a cash register Basically, make your kids entrepreneurs of the house, make things, and yeah. sell them back to parents. What do you think about that concept? That's really interesting. Again, that's somebody that is fully invested in their kids. I, I, that's going above and beyond. Um, that, so, is he saying that they're selling the stuff that they would buy back to them? Is that is that what he's insinuating? Yeah, that's. I, I think. That- the That's way I take it, picture your son. If he's not doing it already, he'll probably be creating things, either stuff with Legos or maybe drawing pictures. Yeah. And when he does that, he would be selling it to to you and your wife, and you would. We would be gullible enough to buy it. That's fantastic. I yeah, yeah. that entrepreneurial cool. mind creating uh, business men and women before before they're uh, out of nappies. That's fantastic. Yeah, I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah. Well, Andy, Radish has a question for you. Okay. And before we go on, thanks to those who just submitted. There were so many great different suggestions um, and input on there. We really appreciate it. It helps. Um, it helps add value to the uh, to the show when we ask those questions and you submit responses. So greatly appreciate the time there. But hey, Radish, before we go, she has a question for you. Okay, you're a young guy. You're, you're a young guy yourself. You work with young people all day. You got a young one at home. What does Andy do to stay young to have fun? What does Andy do to to, to have fun? Um, I love sport. Um, I'm uh, I love playing football with the guys um, that I go to church with. Um, I'm in the gym every single day. Um, and I love getting out with my my little boy and my wife. And um, we live in a 
in a really lovely part of the world um, where we can um, walk along the, the coastline here um, in Northern Ireland um, and enjoy the scenery um, and the, the cruise liners and ships coming up um, into Belfast Lock. Um, that's what I do for fun. Spend time with family um, and continue to stay immersed in, in sport. You're... Um... Definitely. When I read, when I look at your posts, your timeline could definitely um, be the board of tourism's um, <laughs> website because you got some great pictures on there. If you've never been to Ireland, follow follow Andy Martin. If nothing else, for, not for the good advice, definitely for his shots. <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> Yeah, no, thank you. Um, I love it. I love photography, and uh, uh, we live in a nice part part of the world. You couldn't not be um, snapping some of those photos. And when you said soccer, you mean what we call. But when you said football, you mean what we call soccer. Is that right? Absolutely, real football. <laughs> real football. So, <laughs> what about our football? Do you follow American football? Have you ever attended one of those? Like uh, NFL college games that go over? Uh, do, do you watch American football at all? Uh, uh, to my detriment, people will call me a glory hunter, um, but it's starting to work in my favor slightly now that they're so bad. Um, uh, but for probably this last um, 15, 20 years, I've been following the Patriots and uh-huh. England Patriots. Um, it's safe to say that um, those glory days look to be well and truly over. <laughs> Much like my football team, Manchester United, we are str- we are struggling. Yeah. Are you staying with the Patriots, or are you going to jump? Are you going to jump bandwagon? No, absolutely not. Um, we we uh, we pick and we stay. We pick and stick. There's no uh, jumping ships here. <laughs> awesome, you're in for the long haul. Well, Andy, long it has haul. been an absolute pleasure catching up with you today, and thanks for your insight, and thanks for everything that you do helping with helping young people. Uh, and all those endeavors. I really appreciate that. And thank you for everything that you've done and everything that I've learned from you. I, I do truly appreciate it. Um, it's been brilliant. My pleasure. Well, that, um, that wraps things up. So I'll just close by saying thanks for joining the Money Happy Hour, where we make every hour a happy hour for your money. Until next month.